0: What's up guys? How you doing? How you feeling? Oh my gosh. That is, that is hurtful. (laughs) Let's try that again. How you doing? How you feeling? Come on, man. Good to see you guys. Hey, I'm Travis. Welcome back. Good to see you. How you been? All right. Well, how many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far? Has it been good? Yeah, it's been really good about families, right? Yeah, everybody's got a family. Everybody comes from a family. So if you're, if you're, if it's your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here and you've come at a really cool time because we're in this series called Arrows, which is all about setting moms and dads up for success, helping, you know, sons and daughters help us all realize how we can, how can we do this thing called family well, right? And for parents, for moms and dads, for us, is specifically how can we launch our kids without losing our minds? Because the Bible kind of paints this picture that our, our kids are like arrows, you know, in the, in the quiver of an archer. And we, we release these guys, right, as they grow up. And where they land is important. So this is a super exciting series. We're so glad you guys are here. And if you'll notice, you know, ARROWS is an acronym. You've got A-R-R-O-W-S. And where each one of these letters unpacks a little bit more in detail how we can launch our kids without losing our minds. And if you have been here since the beginning of it, the A stood for AIM, right? Because if you're, you know, any archer. Worth this salt is going to take aim at something. You're, you're pointing at something. You're trying to hit a target. And so we're doing that with our kids, right? We're, we're trying to point them in a direction where they're going to be successful, where they can do well and be you know, productive, give back to the community, human beings as they grow up. And the R, the first R was about release. You know, when you, there's, there's an art to the release. You don't just kind of like willy-nilly let go of this thing. There's, there's follow through you know, and, you, and the release is important. And so here's what we're camping out today. We're gonna to talk about rhythm. So the second R is rhythm. So God, what we're gonna see, God has, has woven through the tapestry of creation a rhythm and also a pace to life that he is looking for us to join in with, okay? But let's define it. So here's what rhythm is. Webster says that rhythm is a strong Regularly recurring sequence of events, actions, movements or sounds so so it's a it's a it's strong it's regular and it's recurring and it's a sequence right so it's a pattern sequence of recurring actions, events, movements, sounds I don't know about you guys when I hear rhythm, I think about sound music, songs you know every song has a rhythm and for some of us, that rhythm looks, looks something like this. Check this out. How many of you guys remember that movie? Oh my gosh. Everybody got a foot you. Oh my gosh. Willard. That's Willard, by the, by the way. That guy's name, the character's name is Willard. He's got about as much rhythm as the refrigerator. Widdler's got problems, but Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon swoops in to teach that boy how to have rhythm. Guys, God has orchestrated rhythm and also pace in the world. And he wants us to join in with that rhythm and that pace. Now, we tend to set our own rhythm and pace to life. My wife and I did this when it came to determining how many kids we wanted to have. Right? We were like, hey, we, we gotta let's, let's set this rhythm. You know, we want to have kids early and be done. <laughs> early and be done. And so we did. We had we had we had kids way early. So this is my wife. So this is my wife. This is my sweet thing. She my boo thing. Okay. She's cutie patootie. And when I saw her, I was so the smitten kitten. And I was like, I was have you, you will be mine. <laughs> and so we created these two humans, right? And the one on the left is, is you know, takes after mom. she got some dark features. The one on the right is a little, a little more like me, take after me a little bit. And so they're great. Guys, we had these right here when we were like in our early 20s. And I remember saying, Delane, Do you realize that by the time, before we're even 40, like 38, 39, we're gonna be done? Like, we're gonna be done. They will be done with school and we're gonna be done. I thought we were done. And so here's what happened. A friend came along from college that we'd gone to college with, and she was getting married, and she said, hey, Travis, would you perform my wedding, our, the wedding that I'm going to have? And, you know, because I got ordained, I can marry, I can bury, I can do that. And she was like, you know, she's like, hey, so here's the deal. The wedding's going to be in Maui. And w- what I want to do is I want to fly you and Delane, your wife, I want to fly you guys to Maui first class to do this wedding will you do it and I was like God ministry is hard (laughs) but yes I will take up my cross and bear the weight of being a follower so so we go guys we go to Maui first class and if anybody tell you first class ain't the way to go they never done first class First class is the way to go. So we get there, and listen, we're there for a week. They put us up in the nicest hotel on the island. And all week long, they have these activities that they want the wedding party to do. I don't know if you're familiar with Maui. There's something called the Road to Hana. There's this place called Hana. You just weave, you weave and go see this beautiful place and this jungle, and, and they did a luau. It was this ridiculous luau, and the shaking, and the shimmying and it was amazing. It was incredible. And they paid for all of it. They paid for us to get massages, Okay, so needless to say, spirits were high. <laughs> Romance was in the air. You could feel it. So what had happened was, <laughs> out of nowhere, this. <laughs> out, he, he came out like that. He literally just sprung out. Like, Where'd you come from? Now here's the funniest part of the story. So when we, we found out we were pregnant, years later, years later, with him, our daughter, that blonde, the blonde head one you saw in the picture, she was like seven, six and a half, seven years old. And so, you know, she's like, we're telling her, you know, hey, you're going to have a brother, blah, blah. You know, we'd gone to, she knew we did the wedding in the Maui, and she's like working the math out. And she's like, oh my gosh, mom, dad, is he going to be Hawaiian? And we're like, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, if he is, your mom's got some planning to do. (laughs) It's a whole different conversation. No, here's the thing listen, guys, in this series, we've been camping out in Psalm 127. Psalm 127, so, you know, David, King David, this is the shepherd David that grew up to become the king, you know, you know, the giant, the whole thing, Goliath, that David, that same David, he wrote most of the Psalms, but his son Solomon wrote two of them, and 127 is one of the ones that he wrote. Solomon's claim to fame, of course, you know, as the Bible calls him, the wisest man who's ever lived. It says there's never been anybody before him, never gonna be anybody after him that's as wise as Solomon. Which, of course, just for us means if he says something, probably a good idea to listen up and check it out. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at 127 again. Psalm 127. And in verse 2, it begins to kind of unpack a little bit about this rhythm and pace idea. So look at this one more time. Psalm 127, one. it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor. Who, who, who build it? They, they labor in vain the ones who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. But now look at verse 2. It says, it is in vain as well. a A lot of vanity going on. It says, it's in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Now, I don't know if any of that makes you think about rhythm and pace, but it's in there. It's in there. Because No matter what phase or part of the human condition and experience that we're going through, that we're actually living, God has rhythm and pace that he's inviting us to join into. When we don't join it, that's when our lives begin to kind of go off the rails or at the very least, we feel frustrated. So let's look at, there's kind of two ways to look at this verse too, the micro way to look at it and then macro. Micro would be, okay, well, he's literally specifically talking about Getting up early in the morning and staying up late at night. And notice what it says. It says it's in vain for you to rise up early to sit up late. So you can do either one, right? Like you, you can get up really, really early in the morning if you want to. Some of us are wired that way. How many early birds we got in the room? Like you, you literally, you roll out a bed. You don't even need the coffee. You're just like, let's go. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Who hurt you? <laughs> okay. Who hurt you? Everybody in that 9 a.m. service, like, why are you here? Why are we doing this so early in the morning? Where are my night owls at? Oh, y'all dangerous! You guys are a a, a different bunch altogether. Some of y'all, because if you're like, I know what you're say, what you're feeling, because I'm one of you. All right, I'm one of you. I'm like, don't don't like don't look at me before 10. Like, if you talk to me, I better have coffee coursing through my bloodstream okay right some of us are like that we're wired that way you know it's kind of like it takes us a long time to get going but once we get going once the sun sets man our synapses are popping we're ready to create ready to talk engage or whatever so here's what this verse is saying it's saying look it's it's, it's not bad to be either one because guys remember you know they're all they're all di- they're different kinds of arrows you know and some of us we're the, we were those arrows, and we grew up to be big arrows ourselves. And we're different. Like some of us are wired to wake up early. Some of us are, are, are way more wired to be to be night owls. What this verse is saying is, it's not wise. It's not a great idea to be both. Because notice it says it says it's vain to rise up early, sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow. So so it's it's. We pay for it if we stay up late and we get up early because God has designed our body to need a certain amount of rest, right? We're not robots. You can't just kind of plug us in and then we, we run for 50 hours without any whatever and we have to re... No, we got to recharge on the regular, like literally every day. And so this is saying, let's just, you know what? Let's put it in 2019 terms. This is basically saying, if you binge watch the third season of Stranger Things <laughs> to four in the morning and you gotta be leaving for work by seven, the bread of sorrows is paying for that binge, right? Like if, you, if, we stay, if, we party, if we party too hard all the time and we don't give our bodies rest, we're gonna eat the bread of sorrows. I don't know what that bread is like, but it probably, it clearly tastes bad, right? I don't wanna eat that kind of bread. Like we pay when we don't take care of ourselves. God's like, no, listen, I, I've, I've designed your body to work on a rhythm and on a pace. You know, rhythm, they're two different things, but they go hand in, in glove. You know, rhythm is, something has got a rhythm. It's recurring. It's regular. Got the rhythm. The pace, right, is. And if you speed it up, those things go hand in hand. You can't have one really without the other. Pace is a part of rhythm. Rhythm is a part of pace. And so when that, what that means for us is our lives fall into that same trajectory. And so God's saying, listen, in the micro sense of the word, your body needs a certain amount of rest. And you're not going to flourish. You're not going to thrive if you don't find like the right pace and rhythm for, for you. You know, if you're an early bird, be an early bird. But you got to go to bed early. Right? If you're a night owl, be a night owl. But, but you, you have to understand, you know, you, you've got to get a certain amount of rest to do what you need to do and fulfill your day as well. So he says, it's vain to rise up early, stay up late, eat the bread of sorrows. But then there's the macro version of it. You know, like God says, in the bigger scheme of life, there are different areas of, of being a human being. And we're going to look at those in just a second where pace and rhythm are super important. And our lives tend to do well. And certainly when it comes in context of family, we parent better when we're in rhythm and in pace with some of these areas we're about to unpack, okay? So listen to this verse. This is Solomon talking as well. He's talking about rhythm. He's talking about pace. And he says in Ecclesiastes chapter three, he says this, to everything, there's a season and there's a time, right? There's a time for every purpose under heaven. Some of you guys, do you remember the song? To everything, turn, turn, turn. You know the song? All right? yeah. That's where this comes from. To everything, there's a season. Look what he starts, he launches into it. A time to, to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to pluck up what's been planted, or you know, time to harvest. There, verse three, there's a time to kill, there's a time to heal, there's a time to break down, time to build up, time to weep there's a time to laugh time to mourn a time to dance He goes on and on and on but even within this text if you kind of strip away all the the buffer words and you literally just go with like the, the meat of what he's trying to say even within the reading there's rhythm and pace you know he's like time to born time to tie time to plant time to pluck time to kill time to heal time to he's like there's time for everything and what this means for us practically is solomon is saying listen understand and just give yourself over to the fact that part of the rhythm of life is that things are not always gonna go well. You know, most of us would love to live a life that doesn't have a whole lot of hiccups. You know, I'd love it if nobody I loved ever died and passed away from disease or injury or accident. I would love if I could work in my dream job forever and retire and have money to, to live on until I became old and baggy, saggy and flabby. I would love that. That would be ideal. But as you and I know, life is not like that. And part of the rhythm that Solomon is saying is, listen, there's a time to laugh but then make no mistake, there will be times that you're going to mourn, and you're supposed to. Like, it's, it's right. It, it, I, we can't live forever. People we love will die. And so what that means is, is that we will mourn. And that's a time of life that is, that is good for us. It's supposed to happen. Jesus himself said this. He told the disciples, he was like, guys, listen, f- essentially, this is the trap paraphrase. Following me is not going to be a bed of roses. It's not always going to go well. Matter of fact, Jesus goes out of his way to say almost the exact opposite. He says, in this life, in this world, you will have trouble. Like, you know, cars are going to break down. Houses are going to burn down. Relationships are going to go through bumps and conflict. And and here's the deal. Here's the crazy thing. It's not even really always a bad thing. Because any time we experience conflict, it's really an opportunity for us to grow. You know, if you go, if you and I were to go over to Regal and we joined everybody else at the Regal campus and Kenny or Marshall or whoever's speaking over there had just finished the sermon and we all just plopped down and said, hey, let's just watch a movie. We're already here. Let's turn on a movie, watch the movie. And in that movie, the main character never experiences any adversity never experiences any, there, there are no hiccups, there's no, there are no bumps in the road, like no kind of, it's just, it's just a feel-good fluff, kind of whatever. Every single one of us, whether we, whether we admit it verbally or even acknowledge it intellectually, we would, we would feel unsettled. We would feel like I, this is not, that was not a fulfilling movie. And some of us may even want our money back because that movie's terrible. You know why? Because there's no conflict and in every good story there has to be conflict and if there's not the story is boring it's boring it's not interesting what intrinsically what we're hardwired to be drawn to is a character that experiences some kind of adversity maybe sometimes a tragedy and we want to see them overcome that like take that's the journey I want to go on like take me on that I'll go with you on that because I want to learn from your experience I wanna watch you live your life and how you overcome that and see you kind of like climb that mountain, get to the other side. That's a journey that's exciting. It's interesting to watch. And so Solomon is saying in Ecclesiastes, he's like, understand, life is not supposed to, this life is not supposed to be about perfection. It's about pursuit, the pursuit of living in rhythm and in pace with God. First Kings actually says it a little more specifically. This is a newer translation. but this, look at First Kings chapter eight, verse 56. Here's what it says. It says, "Blessed be God who's given peace to His people, Israel, just as He said He would do. Not one of all those good and wonderful words that He has spoken through Moses has misfired." It says, "May God, very, our very own God, continue to be with us just as He was with our ancestors. May He never give up and walk out on us." In verse 58, may he he keep us centered, devoted to him, following the life he has cleared, watching the signposts, now look at this, walking at the pace and rhythms that he laid down for our ancestors. So here's what we want to do in the last couple minutes we're going to be together. You ready? We're going to basically unpack a couple of different areas of life where God has instituted rhythm and pace, and he's looking for us to join in with him. Not set our own, but join in the rhythm and pace that he's looking to set for us. So the first one is this, here we go. There is rhythm when it comes to our schedule. There is rhythm and schedule, which basically means what we do, when we do it, how we do it, and who we do it with. Think about your calendar, like our, our calendar is really up to us to determine what that calendar looks like. How many of you guys from time to time would admit that you feel very overwhelmed in life with all the stuff you gotta do? No, liars? Guys, we're in church, raise your hands. (laughs) Are you kidding? I feel overwhelmed on the regular with all the stuff I gotta get done. Sometimes I wake up and I feel like, hey, if I get done a third of the stuff in this day that I need to do, it'll be a win. But the reality is, is, and this is kind of a hard truth, is we are in charge of our own calendar. Now granted, there are some times that life comes along and something happens, it throws something at us that's beyond, of our, beyond our, our control and we, we, our calendars kind of blow up because we can't help it, you know? Uh, Hurricane Harvey, hello, anybody in here? Your calendar get a little messed up. Your rhythm and pace get impeded from from the weather, from the hurricane. That happens. When that happens, that's not up to us. We just basically have to figure out how to muscle through it and work our way through do the best we can. But beyond that, beyond the uncontrollable circumstances of life, we control our calendar. Every single one of us in this room, we get the same 24 hours. We don't get a second less, we don't get a second more. We all get the same 24 hours. So to some degree, we can say and have to agree on, if if we constantly feel overwhelmed, then we're probably not organizing and implementing and, and, and executing our calendar the way it should. Like what on here could I lose to make room for what's so much better? What on my calendar is sucking up time and maybe I'm putting out fires doing this or that, but, but, but I could be spending so much more time investing in this, which is so much more important. So when it comes to calendar, the, the mantra and the idea really, it looks like this. It's like, okay, I'm looking at my life. and I'm even specifically looking at my actual calendar, literally my calendar, okay. On this calendar in my life, what's most important I'm gonna do that first and then I'm gonna go from there. I'm gonna identify what's most important in my life. That's the first thing that I do. That's where the first part of my time goes. That's where the the first part of my resources go. That's where my energy goes first and then I go from there. Then everything else kind of falls in under that first thing. And so when when it comes to God's rhythm and God's pace, this is putting God first. You know, we, it looked. one of the verses I know that, that we unpacked in aim, when we talked about the, the A, the, the aim and arrows, was what's the aim when it comes to launching our kids without losing our minds? Well, it's, it's seek first the kingdom of God and everything else to take care of itself. So if we're aiming at that first, if, if my first, if my aim, if the bullseye I'm trying to hit is seeking God first and putting his kingdom above everything else, then what that means is that's, that's most important. I'm doing that first. He gets the first of my money, the first of my time, the first of my energy, the first of everything. And then beyond that, everything else kind of will find its place. But that's the bullseye and that's what we're aiming towards. So when it comes to rhythm and pace, that's what we're looking at. Now, Practically, when we're looking at our calendar, it's, it may become a point where we have to make some hard choices, you know, like this, this, is, this, is, uh, this is eating up a lot of calendar, but it, it's impeding or, or edging out what should be most important, which is seeking God first, putting his kingdom above everything else. Practically, just kind of like name it, we can put a name on it, coming here and doing this every week should be something, guys, on our calendar that, that is a non-negotiable. You know, like b- gathering together as community, being the church, doing this together is something on the calendar that it's a non-negotiable. Like this is part of, this is the fabric of, of what we do every week. Unless we're on vacation, unless whatever. Like I, we, we're doing this. Like we, we're going to church. It's what we do. It's who we are. So, there is rhythm to schedule. There's ry- rhythm to discipline. Moms and dads, right? We know discipline has to be a part of the DNA of our family. It has to be woven into the fabric of our homes, discipline. Because again, kind of, you know, any child psychologist that knows anything knows that kids, they thrive when there's discipline and there's structure in the home. But when there's not discipline, not, there's not structure sure they they lash out act out freak out they, they everything's out right it's like kids need discipline and so here's some things to keep in mind when it comes to hey what does rhythm and pace look like when it comes to discipline as a mom and dad with my kids a couple of things to keep in mind the rules of the game need to be clear the rules of the game need to be clear We're communicating, not just some unspoken magical expectation that we think our kids should know intrinsically. No, no, no. We're gonna communicate this is the rule of the house. These are the consequences if you break the rule, nudge the rule, bump the rule, snap the rule in half and stomp on it. (laughs) These are the consequences. And this is clearly what's expected in our home, right? So it needs to be clear. It needs to be fair. It needs to be fair. You know, I'm not going to give you this punishment for doing this, this light infraction. And I'm not going to let you get off scot-free if you do something that's incredibly detrimental to your life and ours. So the, the, the rules need to be fair. They need to be clear. They need to be consistent. Right? Part of rhythm is being consistent. Our rules have to be consistent. The discipline has to be consistent. The rules need to be agreed upon by all the referees, the parents. I grew up in a divided, a a split home. My, My parents divorced when I was like three, four years old. And so my mom had custody of me, and I would see my dad on the weekends, every other weekend. And so it was one of those, I was one of those, like, keep your backpack handy kind of kids. You jump between homes, you know, who you're with this weekend. And can I just say that there were vastly different rules depending on which home I was at. At one home, it was like, good like, do whatever you want, Woo! Ah, party. At the other house, we would fall in line, you know. One of the most frustrating things that we can do for our kids or allow them to, to experience is, is, is vastly different rules. And so listen, if you're here and you're separated, you're divorced, and, and you're trying to, to raise a family together but separately, it's it's, it's its own set of challenges. I know that very well. I live that. It's important to agree on the rules, not, not everything is gonna be simpatico and line up perfectly, but it's very important that as much as we can, our kids have consistency. That what I get to do at mom's house, I can't get away with at dad's house and vice versa. Here's the other thing when it comes to discipline. There's got to be follow through. We have to follow through. You ready? Here's a mantra. You can stick this in your pocket. You ready? If there's no follow through, they walk all over you. Mm. if there's no follow through, they walk all over you. So the concept here is if there's a rule and the rule is broken, having the, the, the backbone as moms and dads to follow through with the consequences or the results of what went down is so important because watch, if we don't, then what we've instituted is not really a rule, it's just advice. It's advice. Hey, mom and dad recommend that we don't do this. So, you know, we, we might do it. And, we, it, it, and listen, there's a, there's a time for advice when parents, like you do understand, there will come a time when all we will really do for our kids is essentially be a glorified consultant. You know, we'll give advice. Or our kids are grown when they're out of the house, when they're financially independent. We become a consultant then, you know. Come, consult with me. I'll give you my advice. It's free. But before then, we're really either a cop or a coach. You know, when our kids are really young, we're a cop. You know, it's kind of like, this is bad. Don't touch the hot iron. You'll burn yourself. Or don't do this. And they're spanking or grounding or timeout or a corner, or nose in the corner, whatever. You do that. Like, here's the punishment for breaking the rule. We're like a cop. We're like a cop. And then when our kids hit preteen, teenage years, we become more like a coach. You know, like, hey, listen, if I don't let, let you start making some of your own decisions, then I'm going to be your dad and mom forever in terms of making decisions for you. So i got to start letting you fail, which is super scary for any mom and dad to let your kid, like, I know this is going to be a train wreck. Let me coach you up a little bit, Okay. So I would, do, if you do, you know, and look out for this and kind of the repercussions could be, and like, let me just coach you up. And listen, hey, let me encourage you, coach, get back in the game. Whether we know they're gonna fall flat on their faces or not, super hard to do, super hard to do. So consistency and follow through is super important. Okay, moving on, ready? There's another rhythm, there's another pace when it comes to a huge part, should be a huge part of the human experience. Rest. Rest. So now we're kind of hearkening back to verse two. You know, it's okay to if you wake up early, if you stay up late, you do both. It's gonna hurt you after a while. Rest is important. Consistent and regular rest, rejuvenation, vacation, relaxation. I feel like I'm rhyming now. So it's important because God has designed us to live in that rhythm. And if we get off of it, we'll suffer for it, right? This what it just means. Guys, take your vacations. Take your off, like use your off days. My, my stepmother, she's one of those martyr worker people. She's like, always kind of like, like humble brags about, you know, I've not had an off day and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you're an idiot. Don't, that's not good. I'm not say that because I respect her. But I say like, you know, you know some people have that mantra. You're like, well, whatever, Travis. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Cool. Well, you'll die way earlier than me. You know, it's like, well, I just love my job, man. It did not even feel like work. I just get so wrapped up in my job. That's good. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But that doesn't mean that everybody else in our house, in your house, has the same passion for your job that you do. Daddy, can we go to Disneyland? No, I love my job. You know, no, daddy got to work. Take your off days, take your vacations. If you love your job, that's great, but sometimes get away from it long enough to miss it so that when we come back, there's like a fresh, there's a fresh fire, there's a a new energy and like, hey, I'm coming back to this problem and may even be able to tackle it better than you ever could because you got away from it for a little bit. Rest is important. Listen to Ecclesiastes 10.10. Listen to this verse. It says, if the ax is dull, and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. So this is literally work smarter, not harder. Right? When the ax is dull, you got to sharpen, and you don't sharpen the edge, you just got to swing harder. You got to use more muscle, more energy, more effort. You get tired quicker. But if you take time away to sharpen the ax, rest your mind, rest your body, this is, all, this is all within reason. We're not talking about being like encouraging laziness. We're saying, no, no. your body needs a certain amount of rest. And if you don't get that rest, you know what it leads to? And you can go science out of your, uh, the wazoo on this. Like weight gain, depression, disease, sickness, all that stuff begins to come on us if we don't rest this thing. We only get one of these, you know. We only get one mind, one body. We don't take care of it we see the effects. You know, you don't change the oil in your car. You don't get enough rest. It begins to break down. So rest is important. Here's where we're going we're to land this plane. You ready? There is rhythm to romance. <laughs> There's rhythm to romance. It's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. <clears throat> There's rhythm to romance. Here's what the idea here is, very simply, is if we do a great job at taking care of each other, and right now, let me just speak to mom and dad, okay? Let me speak to the parents in the room. If we do a great job of taking care of each other, then the minions that that live with us, they'll be all right. They'll figure it out. They'll be okay. You know, again, child psychologists say if it's good... Is so, so good. Teenagers will swear this is not the case. But it's so good to be affectionate with each other in front of our kids. That, that literally is like building cinder blocks upon cinder blocks of security into the heart and the life of a child. Like it's good. Now, they'll be like, oh my gosh, gross. Like... My kids, they know by now, if I'm just like kind of like light making out with mom in the kitchen, get over it. They're like, get a room. This is my room. I pay for this room. You get your, you go to another room. I pay for that one too. It's upstairs. No, guys, listen, it's so important for you and I to pursue, continue to pursue the one we've already caught. Listen to this verse. Children, close your ears. Listen to this in Proverbs. The Bible's saying this, not me. Proverbs five eighteen. Listen to this. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely doe, a graceful, a, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Mm-hmm. Be intoxicated always in her love. Oh. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. God God has an expectation for pace and rhythm when it comes to romance. And this means that we never stop dating each other. We don't ever stop dating. We don't ever say, hey, I I got you. You're locked into this thing. Now let's kind of like, you know, let our hair down and put on the sweatpants. No, no, listen, I'm gonna continue to pursue you. You continue to romance me. Because when we're good, everything else is gonna be better because this is good. And so I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to romance you. I'm going to take you out on, on dates. Can we practice? Let's be practical with this? Let's just, set a, let's just throw out something here. Set a goal to go on at least two dates a month. And I know this is a whole different ballgame if you're here and a single parent. And you're like, well, maybe I'm, I'm not even married. But I'm, 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 and I'm, I'm not in a relationship. Or, or maybe I'm, I'm going to be and looking at going. But if you're here... And you're 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 still in the a marriage relationship. Like make it make it a a, a non-negotiable that hey we're gonna go, we're gonna date each other at least twice a month. You know first and second third uh, first and third Friday of every, of every you know of every month we're gonna go out together. And it's no kids. And if we don't have the money we're gonna scrape the money together. We're gonna go out. It may not be you know may not be Philip Mignon, but we're gonna hit some steak and shake. Like we're going we're going on a date baby. Come on honey. I'm going to take you to Mickey D's. Like, we're doing it. We're doing it. Non-negotiable. Because you're, you matter. You're worth it. And the rhythm and the pace for our romance is not going to die. We're not going to let this thing die out. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to romance you. There's rhythm. There's rhythm in life. There's pace in life. And, and, and listen, it's not always good. We're going to get the good with the bad. Solomon told, tells us that. There's a time to, 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 to laugh, time to mourn, to cry, to to weep, to rejoice. There's time for all that. It's going to come in its own rhythm, in its own pace. What we need to do is, is become masters at identifying God's rhythm and God's pace and joining in on that. Let me just... just Just ease right into the rhythm that God has for my life. And if I put him first, I know right away I'm already going to be in rhythm and on pace if I'm looking to seek him first. As the head of my home, as a part of this home, if you're a son or a daughter. We wanna give you guys some resources and we've been, we've been sharing these every week and if you've been here the last couple, you, you've seen some of these and they're gonna throw some of them on the screen but we wanna give you guys some tools. We don't wanna just like kind of give you a shot in the arm of inspiration, and encouragement. We wanna actually give you something tangible you can literally, that can help you win as a mom or dad, and one of the things we are providing, and this is brand new, and I'm super stoked about it, is called MyFam, and it's actually an app for your phone, and it looks like this, it looks like this, you guys can see it on the screen. So in Arrows, the, 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 this series is already kind of tailor-made, worked into the app, but it's an app on your phone, and this is how it works. Within this app, there are blogs and podcasts, it's primarily for parents, it's to encourage parents, there are blogs and podcasts and devotions and all kinds of stuff that will help you, like practical tools to help you as a mom or dad. But one of the coolest things about this app are there, there are weekly activities as well that are built into the app for you to do with your son or your daughter. So the whole concept of why this thing was created is to to actually kind of feed the beast. Like we're going to use our phones because we all have our phones. We live on our phones. But use those to get away from a screen and doing this, right? I'm actually talking. We're laughing. We're engaging. We're having conversations. And with each activity, each week, one week it's a dinner. One week it's a game. One week it's an adventure. One week it's a serve opportunity. With each activity, there are conversation questions to help you. So so you're not just kind of looking at each other like, like what are we talking about, what are we doing? There are conversations that make it really interesting and fun and, and all these other two, tools and resources as well. And so what you need to do, only one person in the family needs to sign up as kind of like the host or the parent of the app and then they invite everybody else, including the, you know your children as well, your students, they invite them to become a part of the app. And so what you need to do is once you get in there, you, when you sign up, click the bridge as your portal and when you click that portal button, you're going to see everything you need to know and could ever want to know about the bridge. It's all info specifically about our church, right? So, and then, and then what you want to do is you want to put in the code when you sign up, 10, 1057-1057 so you get it for free. We're providing this for you guys, to you guys for free because we, we believe in this. We believe in you. We believe in your family. And we want this thing to be a blessing to you. Sound good? Let's pray. God, thank you so much.